0: Hello, everybody. Jace here. Quick message before we get to the main episode. Uh, You know, I try not to get too political on the show. Maybe if that's something that really interests the guests, we might get into a little bit of politics. But mostly we're here to just celebrate comics. But uh, I can't ignore what's going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So uh, on our Twitter pinned as the tweet is linked to UNICEF. Which is an organization that focuses on uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of strife, war going on. Specifically, they try to provide clean water, medical care, and other uh, essential needs specifically for children and families. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you believe that one side or the other is right or wrong, uh, we can all agree that children and their families shouldn't be suffering for the choices that their leaders are making. So please, if you have a few dollars, uh, every little bit helps. You can go to unicef.org, that's U-N-I-C-E-F dot and just look for the Ukraine appeal. Click there, or you can go to the Comic Source Twitter account, and the link is there for you to donate. So uh, again, appreciate the support, everybody, and uh, hope you're all being safe out there. Hello everybody, welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. This is our spotlight on War for Earth 3, which kicks off this week from DC Comics with War for Earth 3, issue number one of two. Uh, And then we have the first tie-in, which is Suicide Squad number 13. So I'm going to go ahead and give the uh, credits for both issues because I'm not sure we might jump around when when we talk about them. So the War for Earth 3 part one. Uh, is written by writers Robbie Thompson and Dennis Hopeless. We have art by Steve Pugh, Dexter Soy, and Brent Peoples. Colors by Matt Herms. Letters by Josh Reed, Travis Lanham, and Simon Boland. For Suicide Squad, it's the regular, for the most part, the regular team uh, of writer Robbie Thompson, but Dennis Hopeless joins him on this issue as well. And then regular art team, Eduardo Pansenka and Julio Ferreira. And then Dexter Soy on his own for some of the pages. Marcelo Maialo on colors. Wes Abbott on letters. Uh, Yeah, a lot of goings on in this issue. It's what what Suicide Squad and uh, it's been leading up to this for a while. Uh, We also saw some hints about what's going on with Suicide Squad and Earth 3 in the future state story. And this is even going back. If you listen to our uh, our DC Spotlight today, you heard Rocky mention it. Even going back to pulling in some elements of the uh, Crime Syndicate miniseries that Andy Schmidt wrote. So a lot of moving parts here. Um, but overall, I gotta say I wasn't a I wasn't a big fan. So I'll be on on that side of the fence. Rocky firmly in the other camp. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you you really seem to enjoy this.
1: I did. I did. Uh, Now, there's a couple of criticisms I have. Uh, There is, uh, there is a, a, all the covers to this series are connecting. uh, But nonetheless, uh, this opening cover for War for Earth 3, issue one of two, it has Nightwing on the cover. Nightwing doesn't even, he's not even in the issue. Uh, So, you know, again, it's a nitpick, but I I wish, you know, I I love connecting covers when they do it. And and these connecting covers are kind of cool. But Nightwing isn't actually in this issue obviously Talon is and so is Owlman but not Nightwing Nightwing I guess that's a teaser he's going to end up at some point presumably but in any event minor nitpick um, uh, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm also not a big fan of the variant covers I, I really don't like the alternate cover I don't know who the artist is here but I'm not really a fan of these alternate covers there's one with the Flash and Johnny Quick that one's uh, Liam Sharp surprisingly uh, didn't, yeah, no, I, I didn't I really that's, recognize that's, it as sure that's yeah, actually the, one of the better ones yeah. Yeah. But uh but uh what's w- one thing I do like is that I like there's a little bit of synchronicity here between and continuity between Andy Schmidt's 6-issue Crime Syndicate run and and what Robbie Thompson and Dennis Hopeless are bringing to this series War for Earth 3. And and right away we're told something that we didn't really know before and this takes place that that Ultraman has been they've been he's been sort of the Crime Syndicate has ruled the Earth ruled or three for 10 years. So right away we know then because we know Andy Schmidt's six issue crime syndicate series was really the origin, the, the first formative years of the crime syndicate. So knowing that the the crime syndicate's been in charge for 10 years here is actually quite, quite telling. And, and so a lot of the stuff that we know happened and a lot of the questions that we have at the end of Andy Schmidt's uh, crime syndicate six issue series, we know that a lot, of, we know that a lot could have happened in the last 10 years So that it won't necessarily screw up anything that we've read in that series, which I like. This series starts off with Ultraman and Power Ring, you know, sort of in front of a bunch of like, almost like worldwide oligarchs, corporate oligarchs that are paying tribute to Ultraman. And you could see actually a picture of Johnny Quick, who is dead, uh, uh, beside Ultraman and Power Ring. So we know that this is consistent with Andy Schmidt's run because uh, Johnny Quick died in, in that series. And this issue starts off right away with Ultraman wiping out, killing, killing off all these these oligarchs, <laughs> these corporate oligarchs, and uh, it's kind of funny. Power Ring even jokes about it that you know he, he basically made them fry them like pieces of bacon, scared them, scared their descendants will be terrified, and and Ultraman then takes off, and just as he he flies back to his like. You know, satellite in the sky where he gazes down at the at all the people of Earth Three because he's their he's basically their their ruler. Uh, that's when Amanda Waller makes her entrance with the Suicide Squad, and you know, of course, she's got uh, she's got mask, uh, Black Siren. She's got a she's got uh, uh, the the demon of Earth uh, Etrigan the, of the Brainiac six 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 from another part of the multiverse. She's uh, Talon. She's got. Uh, Many other types of different Suicide Squad members that we've never seen before. This is almost like a, a, a mini quasi-invasion, it looks like. It's almost like she boom tubes in uh, right to Earth-3. And she clearly wants to get Ultraman's attention. She wants to get the crime syndicate's attention. And boy, she does. But what, <laughs> my favorite part here is, you know, so Ultraman, he's seeing what's going on. But he's far more interested in what's going on in the Owl Cave, where uh, where Owl Man is essentially having sex with Superwoman Donna Troy, <laughs> and he he could care less about Amanda Waller showing up in Metropolis, downtown Metropolis, so he sends Power Ring to deal with Amanda Waller. Meanwhile, he flies down, <laughs> and Donna Troy. Superwoman is is clearly playing a game here with ultra I mean, Owlman is their little sex toy. I mean, and he's tied up with her sort of like whatever you call it. I think her, um they don't call her it's not she doesn't have a magic lasso. I think they call it the I don't know, the lasso of compulsion or whatever it is because it's 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 her 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 lasso. Clearly Owlman, I don't think it really bothers him that he's tied up by Daughter Troy. I mean, I figure Donna Troy, if she wants to tie me up, she can do that anytime. I mean, Owlman certainly seems to enjoy it. But Ultraman does not. He's abs- he's absolutely pissed off about this. Donna Troy is clearly trying to to antagonize Ultraman. It, she's playing games with him and he's he's fed up and sick of it. And this is very much playing into something that Donna Troy like Grant Morrison did this in his hardcover compilation of Earth 2, this 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 sexual sort of game that 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 superwoman plays whether she was Lois Lane under Grant Morrison or Donna or Troy under Annie Schmidt here and Robbie Thompson and uh, Dennis Hopeless's iteration it's still played to, to to really great effect uh, Amanda Waller here makes they make quick uh quick work of power ring quick uh they basically the uh the the black mask comes along and um, and basically incapacitates power ring and it's called black hand. I'm sorry. Thank you. The black hand. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, uh, our man and Donna Troy are basically putting their clothes back on while Ultraman, you know, you know, he, he's all fed up and he crashes into the headquarters and he's all, you know, he's all pissed off. And Amanda Waller, I know you hate Amanda Waller, but Amanda Waller, it's so obvious that Amanda Waller. Is is playing the crime syndicate. She's planned for this. She's she's planning this. I mean, she's playing them like a fine violin. I mean, she knows exactly what she's doing, and uh, she knows what's going on. And it's almost as if she knows of the sexual politics that's going on between Owl Man, Ultraman, and and um, and Superwoman, because she interrupts them. She gets their attention again, and dismissively, Ultraman and Superwoman. Ultraman sends Owl Man over to over to deal with. Amanda Waller and uh, and of course he wants to deal with uh Donna Troy and of course he's all pissed off now Owlman here the the one the one thing that sort of throws me off a little bit here is Owlman is played like an idiot he's played for a fool here and he's not very intelligent and that's what I really find odd cuz in Andy Schmidt's incarnation Owlman was very intelligent he was sort of like the he was uh he was like the he's like he is like the batman of the earth 3 but here he's kind of played for a fool and he he's you know he he he's basically a sex he doesn't stand up like he doesn't stand up for himself i mean he he always he always seemed to have more gravitas and more agency and more um he was a uh, force to be reckoned with intellectually that he what he lacked in superhuman prowess that ultraman had he more than made up for with his intellect and it was the one thing that i always thought attracted donna Tr- or superwoman to him but here he comes across like a fool and it's his uh and it it actually ends up you know having him be defeated quite handily. Owlman has almost made a mockery of in this particular issue, which fans of the crime syndicate might take offense to. Having said that, I think it kind of works. Now, Owlman does attack Amanda Waller. He's taken out essentially between Black Siren and Mask. And meanwhile, meanwhile, while that happens, uh, you know, Superwoman and Ultraman are looking on and they're, they're seeing that both Owlman and Power Ring are defeated. And right away you see Superwoman. She's all upset because, you know, he's mine. Owlman is mine because she's... You, you get a feeling that she has maybe some feelings toward Owlman that maybe go beyond just him being a sex toy to her. <laughs> you never know. And that seems to piss off Ultraman. And But in any event, we... So clearly, now that's playing out in Earth 3. Meanwhile, then we switch over to Rick Flagg. He, he, the other suicide squad, we get ambush bug, breaking the fourth wall again, breaking the fourth wall, telling us what's happening with, without, with, uh, with, uh, Rick Flagg's, uh, suicide squad, which are still on earth zero. And they're, they're dealing with this, this, with a sort of a crazy clay face. And one of Amanda Waller's former agents is, uh, Rodriguez. She gives, she she injects herself with something that gives her superpowers, and she becomes almost like a like a clay-like creature herself, a clay monster, and helps defeat this clay-faced monster. Where ultimately, at the end, uh, Rick Flag and them they escape this uh, clay-faced creature, and they they find themselves going toward Earth Three. But before they do that, Ultraman and Superwoman have a uh, they have an altercation with the suic- of Amanda Waller Suicide Squad, and Amanda Waller makes a proposal to Ultraman, that Ultraman basically finds it's a deal too good to refuse. And she basically says, look, let me, you're the king of this planet. Let me deal with your problems. Let me deal with all your distractions and your problems and those little annoyances. You know, let, you know, you be the king and let me deal with the politicians and the the headaches. And you don't want that nonsense anyway. Let me worry about that. You just be king and let me kind of be the Governor, I guess I'm I'm paraphrasing, but Ultraman seems attracted to that idea, and she she knows exactly what to do to get his attention. It's clear that suddenly Johnny Quick appears. Now we know Johnny Quick is dead. Well, how is Johnny Quick alive? Well, we know for leading up to this that Amanda Waller has used Lazarus resin to resurrect numerous members of uh, you know to keep to bring back to life numerous members of the suicide squad and Lazarus resin has been used throughout the DC universe in other in various titles already and and playing out in, in numerous titles including Robin and suicide squad etc cetera, etc cetera. Johnny she Resurrects Johnny Quick, we can assume with Lazarus Resin, that gets Ultraman's attention because Johnny Quick is a member of the of uh, was a former member of the crime syndicate who died in, in Andy Schmidt's run. And Johnny Quick tells Ultraman, look, just hear her out, hear what she has to say. And and he does that. And of course, uh, by the time Rick Flagg and his suicide squad team show up to take on amanda waller <laughs> much to his dismay he finds out he's facing he's facing not only uh, amanda waller's suicide squad but also the entire also the crime syndicate minus superwoman who is 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 elsewhere she doesn't like amanda waller because she doesn't like a, a woman more powerful or more influential than her in the meantime amanda waller sweetens the pot with ultraman by having talon break the back of, Ta- uh, of, of Owlman. Now, this is why fans of the crime syndicate, fans of Owlman, I mean, wow, this is the ultimate humiliation of Owlman. If this guy is the iteration of Batman for Earth-3, this is the breaking of the bat or the breaking of the owl. And it takes place at the hands of Talon, who is, of course, kind of like an owl himself. And Talon, essentially, it, Amanda Waller has the master plan of replacing Earth three Owlman with the Talon to become the new owlman for the crime syndicate. at least that's the plan and meanwhile, of course it ends with Rick Flagg wanting to you know to attack Amanda Waller on Earth three and you can imagine his uh unfortunate dismay when he sees that she's got the backup of of Ultraman and the and Talon his new Owlman man in power ring and the black hand ready to to take them on. And uh, this leads in, of course. To this is the first part, and these, this leads in a suicide squad. Thirteen. This is. I. I love this. I love the excitement of this. I love the build up to this. Robbie Thompson and Dennis Hopeless. They're not pissing around. We, we get right into the action. They don't. I. I don't think a lot of this needs to be explained. I. I, I thought it was easy to follow. I've been following this from the beginning anyway. I'm having fun. I'm actually really curious to know what you didn't like about it. I know you don't like Amanda Waller, but what don't you like about the story?
0: Well, first of all, I didn't think that Al uh, Man's characterization was super out of character like you did. Uh, I took it as sort of um, maybe a little bit of a hangover from a lasso of persuasion. Uh, so, <laughs> well, maybe. you know, I, yeah, yeah, it's entirely possible. Uh, I also thought the exact opposite of you in terms of um, of uh, Donna's reaction, Superwoman's reaction when she sees uh, Owlman defeated and she says, "No, he's mine." Um, you know, you, you mentioned that it, you thought it hinted at some some genuine feelings. Again, I, I took it as exact opposite. She couldn't give a shit. <laughs> About Alman or married. Ultraman, they are only playthings to her. And you know how how dare you try to manipulate or puppet string or do anything with with stuff that belongs to me? Keep your hands off my stuff. You shouldn't even see. She does not see Ultraman nor Alman as as people. They are just property. Don't touch my property. Get off my lawn. Don't even look at my car. You know that kind of thing. So that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um but as far as you know my dislike of Amanda Waller, I I can I can set that aside. Um and, and I won't mention it here. I've I've beaten that horse to death. Um but let's set that aside and let's just talk about Amanda Waller in, in terms of what her motivations are, you know, wh- why she does what she does. I saw somebody, I think it was Newsorama that recently wrote an article about her and you know what a great character she is maybe it was on maybe it was actually for the DC website regardless uh, it talked about why she does what she does how she doesn't take any crap from anybody and at the end of the day it's all about this distrust of superpowered people wanting to to get power back in the hands of the average citizen and protect America at any cost now, What exactly does invading Earth-3 and teaming up, making an offer to Ultraman, wanting to team up and have some sort of agreement with the crime syndicate, how does that in any way dovetail with the actual motivations for the supposed reasons that Amanda Waller was created and who she is as a character in the first place? Again, set aside the whole thing that she's actually a villain and Tropy character and and all the you know problems I've had with her over the last decade. Like let's just focus on like the core of the character. What does her teaming up with the crime syndicate? How does that save America? How does that put power back in the hands of the average Joe? She's doing this for Amanda Waller, and I don't I don't see how it can be spun in any other way. She's doing this because she wants to consolidate power. For herself, I don't see how it can be – and again, I mean up to this point in the story with that caveat, right? Like maybe down the line it will be explained, oh, she's actually going to – once she has Earth-3 under her thumb, she's actually going to use it to fight the great darkness or something like that and save – like that that entirely could be possible. But up to this point from what I've seen in these first couple of issues, uh, from what we've seen in Future State, Suicide Squad – with her machinations and puppet stringing or whatever, it just seems like you know, she's like Doctor Doom. So uh, that doesn't that doesn't work for me. Um also I didn't find like you didn't find the characterization of Al Man to be that accurate. I didn't actually find the characterization of um, of Ultraman to be that that on point. Uh completely on point with the whole jealousy. He's kind of a meathead you know, watching uh, Owlman and Superwoman get it on and being all pissed off and, you know, to the point of, hey, Earth 3 is being invaded. He doesn't care about that. He just cares that the woman he wants is having sex with somebody that's not him. Totally on point. What's not on point is some non-superpowered person who comes and invades his Earth. How dare they? And then makes him an offer. Oh, you don't want to deal with blah, blah, blah. You know, the, 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 everyday minutiae of ruling no he he wouldn't care he doesn't care about the everyday minutia of ruling he just ignores it he doesn't care if the trains run on time he's ultraman how dare you question how dare you say he can't do it all uh so hey non superpowered person stand in front of me making this offer zap with my heat vision and you're dead game over that's to me that's ultraman that's oh, what we he don't, would we do we don't
1: know what we, we never we don't know what else she we told him after johnny quick told Ultraman to hear her out remember she has Lazarus resin and we know that Kara his 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 uh cousin is uh is in a coma like state or is arguably or possibly even dead and she doesn't, be matter. doesn't, too. doesn't matter
0: doesn't matter but- I, I don't think she I don't think she gets to her second sentence he doesn't he doesn't care he doesn't listen but Johnny Quick's back so what he doesn't care about he doesn't Ultraman doesn't care about anybody but Ultraman And so he
1: cares about family. I mean, that was a that was a stab. mm -hmm. He cares. He 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 doesn't want to be alone. That's why he was so devastated when his uh, when uh, Kara died. Yeah, but he can't. But he can't admit.
0: But he can't admit that. He he, that's (laughs) that's showing a sign of weakness. So uh, yeah, to me, this idea that that Ultraman would would and the don't forget about the other part of Ultraman's personality, this addiction to kryptonite that causes uh, severe paranoia. He doesn't. You're right. He doesn't like to be alone. He, uh but he doesn't trust anybody uh so I, I can't imagine him him making any agreement for any reason whatsoever with amanda waller because his paranoia just wouldn't allow it so uh again th- this is just my wh- how i interpret these characters and and why it didn't really work for me um but yeah your mileage may may vary and obviously it does but yeah that that those are those are the things that i didn't care about as far as the pacing and the art and the action. I thought that all worked pretty well. Um, I actually probably enjoyed the suicide squad issue that we're about to talk about a little more. Um, But yeah, this is just, isn't uh, it isn't for me, but then again, I, I kind of knew that going in. I I knew I wasn't really going to like this because I didn't like it when we got it in future state. And I haven't liked uh, the Amanda Waller aspects of what uh, Robbie Thompson has been doing in, in Suicide well, Squad.
1: Y- it's interesting that you t- mentioned Future State because I, I will say that one of the things that doesn't quite line up with Future State, at least not yet, and maybe it never will, is that in the Future State, the, the crime syndicate, they were all taken off. They, they were all seemingly killed. They were all killed. Mm-hmm. We were told they were killed and they were in stasis tubes in, in Suicide Squad, Future State. Now, that's no longer such a big deal since we know that it's Lazarus resin and we know that because Johnny Crick was revived presumably uh, amanda waller has brought lazarus resin with her to earth 3 so maybe at some point you know uh, maybe the you know may- maybe the the future that took place in the future state suicide squad that that will actually happen, but I don't think it will anymore. I don't think that that is a future that's actually going to happen. So that's a little wonky there. I'm choosing to just ignore it and enjoy this adrenaline rush of a series so far, because the wild cards here, it's just, it's a wild card to me that we're going to end up, you know, after suicide squad, we're going to be going over to the flash and then we're going to be, you know, we got some, we, we, we got some, we're going to, we might have some wonky crossovers here and I'm still surprised that we're going to end up seeing nightwing at some point apparently, but well, way, it, cl-
0: it crosses over with Teen Titans Academy. Too, yeah, there it? you
1: go. Yeah. So even that's a little bit wonky to me. How are we going to get Teen Titans Academy in this? Um, yeah, it's, but anyways, it's it's fun though. It, it's probably the one thing that might might actually make an issue of Teen Titans Academy really fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, but, but yeah, well, obviously our, our mileage has varied on that, but, uh, Uh, You want to start us off with the Suicide Squad issue 13?
0: No, take it away. Go ahead and do the
1: recap. Okay. uh, All right.
0: Yeah. I will say, the one thing I will say before you dive in, there is a time jump um, uh, between the end of that issue and the beginning of this one in terms of the, the Suicide Squad issue opens up with them licking their wounds after having gotten their butts kicked. Yeah. <laughs> the Rick Flag su- Suicide Squad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and the uh the the, the manner in which uh the manner in which uh uh, uh Robbie Thompson and Dennis Hopeless uh, cr- uh craft the narrative in this issue is that they they there are time jumps where they they, they show the aftermath with Rick Flag and and Bloodsport clearly, you know, getting rid of a lot of blood and mirror master is an absolute mess. And you can tell they got their, their butts handed to them in this part two of war for earth three. The battle sequences here are really excellent. I mean, uh, one of the, f- my favorite characters turning is, is black siren. I mean, she spends, boy, that boy, I tell you what, um, she, uh, she is constantly screaming and taking out the bad guys, <laughs> but I really like the way this works here. I, the, the and and peacemaker and ambush bug again so ambush you know it's interesting you know ambush bug is a character who's constantly breaking the fourth wall and i know that there are some people who really don't like ambush bug they they feel he breaks the fourth wall a little bit too often and sometimes he can get a little bit annoying but he i don't find that he takes us out of the story some people disagree with me on that and feel that you know him breaking the fourth wall all the time is maybe a little bit too excessive but I'm, I'm having fun with it. The battle sequence here that rages between Rick, uh, Rick flags, uh, suicide squad and Amanda Waller's, I mean, clearly they're, they're completely outmatched. Uh, power ring deals handily with, uh, with, uh, peacemaker. Amanda Waller has, uh, she is, uh, on, she's actually in the, in in the, in the daily planet of, of earth three. And, uh, Rodriguez has been captured. She's a she is her former assistant that betrayed her and became a, like a clay like creature in the opening uh, issue uh, of uh, War for Earth three. And but Amanda Waller doesn't know how to kill her because she's a creature of sand. Ultraman uh, incapacitated Rodriguez by using his heat vision to turn her as a sand creature into glass. And so now she's captured. And, and it shows that that sequence is, is shown here to, to good effect, going back and forth, saying how all showing how Rick, Rick Flagg's suicide squad, how they were all defeated. There's actually a kind of an interesting sequence where Mirror Master, I, I like the way that uh, Robbie Thompson and Dennis Hopeless. Choreographed sort of the fight scene here with 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 Rodriguez being turned into glass with heat vision, but the moment you turn into glass, well, Mirror Master can use the glass fragments to escape to take Rick Flag and Bloodsport to basically escape, and that's essentially what they do. Meanwhile, of course, we got Match and Nocturna having sex in literally in hell, <laughs> and and they're they're actually yeah. What
0: about the whole uh, mashup that we get of the? demon etrigan and brainiac brainiac 666 Uh, that's new right i've never seen that before on earth three i didn't know that brainiac and etrigan were so basically brainiac is in he's the one that has the curse of
1: etrigan the demon on earth three i actually don't i should have thought of that i I don't have my multiversity with me he might not be from earth three he might be from another earth because remember amanda waller has, has was recruiting uh, Suicide oh, Squad right. members from all the multiverse, right. so he might be. Yep. I suspect he's from another uh, Earth. That makes sense, yeah. but uh, I, you know, I would have to double check that. Uh, but you piqued my curiosity. But uh, I like, I like seeing this sort of like this playful. Uh, sort of like love, you know, uh, love signs of affection between Nocturna and Match. It's it's a it's it's very different between the type of affection you see between Owlman and Superwoman in the opening issue, and you, <laughs> and so I actually like that here that you're you're kind of getting a sort of a you're getting pieces of, of both worlds here, and in any event, uh, Amanda Waller of course wants to. Uh, she basically. Uh, Amanda Waller underestimates the power of love because Nocturna, you know, because Match is basically, Amanda Waller took the memories away from Match because Match was falling in love with Nocturna and she basically, because Match is kind of a clone, Amanda Waller took away his memories and you thought sort of he became more of a, a soldier of Amanda Waller, but Nocturna kisses him and sort of snaps him out of it and sort of brings him back. And uh, and uh, so so that's interesting. So there are potential wild cards there. Meanwhile, there's a huge revelation, which I think is awesome, because I, I'm glad that Owlman isn't dead. I wasn't sure if they were going to kill Owlman. I'm thinking, my God, are they going to replace Owlman with with Earth Zero Talon? Uh, but no, they're not. It looks like Talon, of course, we know that Talon and uh, uh, Culebra, we know that they don't like. They're always working against Amanda Waller, and they still are and their master plan is to actually use Owlman who is still alive Talon did not kill him he's still alive they want to use Owlman to find out the secrets of the crime syndicate to find a way to take down Ultraman who's of course the most powerful person on Earth 3 the superman of Earth 3 and this is where i mean Owlman is really played for a fool and and again i i can't emphasize enough how 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 much of a genius level intellect uh, Owlman was certainly he was played that way in in uh, in in uh grant morrison's version in even andy schmidt's version owl man was was quite intelligent even leading up to death metal in in death metal also
0: forever forever evil as well he was that's right
1: yeah that's right he was genius level intellect here he jokes that he doesn't even know what a computer is that it's a he calls it that thing's a television Uh, what am i a tech bro and now maybe Owlman is just playing playing them for a fool. Maybe he's intentionally playing stupid. So, you know, he is, you know, again, he he could just be pretending to be dumb. But, you know, Celebra here is killed by Johnny Quick. She comes back in her ghost form because she's got ghost form powers that she developed because of her interactions with the Lazarus Resin for some reason, unlike other people. And she infiltrates an almost like dead man-like powers, uh... Reminds me of Boston Brand's Deadman powers. Chileber sort of enters the body of Owlman and actually can access his thoughts. And she knows, uh, she confirms that Owlman is a dumbass, but a paranoid, vindictive one. And he knows how to take down Ultraman. So uh, interesting. Then we flash forward. We got, we, we concurrent with that, we have Peacemaker and Ambush Bug. They're in the Fortress of Solitude. On Earth Three, on what would be, I guess, Ultraman's Fortress of Solitude, and they're looking for something to take down Ultraman, and so many interesting little things. Instead of the Bottle City of Candor, there's a Bottle City there, but you know, Peacemaker looks at it and it's like a bunch of tiny people are screaming inside of Candor. It's like Ultraman is keeping, he's, he's like, he's got a sick, twisted version of, of, all, think of all of Superman's artifacts and think of think of them in the most terrorizing form and that's what Ultraman has in his in his uh in his fortress and they want to find something to take him down they find a phantom zone gun uh, and before they can take it uh Donna Troy shows up superwoman and it looks like their interests are aligned here superwoman wants to take out Amanda Waller because you know Owlman is hers Ultraman is probably hers too Superwoman is not going to stand for another woman. I mean, it's very easy to see that Superwoman doesn't like Amanda Waller because if there's going to be an alpha female on Earth 3, it's not going to be Amanda Waller. It's going to be Donna Troy, Superwoman. And so that's not surprising at all. Peacemaker tries to tell Superwoman, look, our interests are aligned here. Help us out. Let's use the Phantom Zone projector. Let's take out Ultraman and let's, you know, let's take, you know, let's win the day. The only reason superwoman never took out amanda waller earlier is because amanda waller got to ultraman first made that proposal to him and and of course superwoman knows that she can't defeat ultraman and so she basically flew off now of course in the meantime before anything can be done black siren and johnny quick show up and johnny quick steals the phantom zone gun which basically is it it appears to be that's likely their only weapon that they could use against Ultraman to stop him. So the only mechanism they have to stop Ultraman now is going to be whatever secrets Chulebra has gained from entering the mind of Owlman. And really, that's how this particular issue ends. And man, I, I just, I love all these moving parts. I find this easy to follow. I find it fun. It's an adrenaline rush. And same compliments as I give the first issue. And... I don't know. I did. did did you enjoy this at least better than the first chapter, or are you still uh, are you still just shaking your head at it all?
0: No, I, I enjoyed this issue a lot more. Um, and, you know, it's like we get a lot less Amanda Waller in this issue. I don't know if that's why <laughs> that's I enjoyed why. <laughs> it more. Uh, but I mean, th- this one was wall to wall action. There wasn't any characterization. We we get very little Ultraman in this one as well. Uh, so there wasn't any characterization that really didn't didn't sit right with me. I, I do agree with you on the, the owl man. Um, he does come across as a little, I mean, especially that bro, <laughs> like it's a TV bro.
1: Yeah. Or
0: what am I tech bro? Like, yeah, that, that I'm not, I'm just not sure if they've got his characterization. I, w- I was willing to give him a pass on the first issue. Um, this one less so, but I do wonder, um, we did. Uh, I think you mentioned it, him showing up in the, in one of the dark Knight death metal, um, one shots. And I think if I remember correctly, he sacrificed himself in that issue. Cause he knew he would be reincarnated. Yeah. Uh, so I guess maybe we can think, Hey, okay. He did reincarnate, but not as smart as he was, because yeah, <laughs> it doesn't jive with what we've seen in forever evil and Grant Morrison's multiversity and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, a lot of moving parts in this issue. I think if I had to give any any compliment the best thing that's done by hopeless and uh robbie thompson here is the, the the balancing act that everybody gets a little bit of time on screen uh and the art it's also fantastic like it, yeah. it's uh you yeah, never yeah. get to catch your breath it's like one action scene after another uh, the black siren page the last page is is awesome um uh when um uh, Superwoman goes to uh, attack, saying, "Alman uh, was mine. That was a, a fantastic page. Uh, I th- the pages yeah. of um, that you mentioned uh, with Noctur- uh, Noctura, uh Nocturna, and uh, and match. Uh, like I, I yeah, I, I'm all for their relationship. I think they make a really good couple. It's not anybody anybody that I ever would have thought. I mean, there are B-list characters at best." Um, but yeah, they just work together as a as a couple. Um, Calebra and Talon work together as a team very well. They're, they don't work on that same kind of romantic level, but Robbie Thompson has, throughout his run, really put them together as as friends and, and teammates that work really well together. Uh, and that's fantastic as, as it plays out uh, in this as well. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's done really, really well. It's a very technically well put together story that's paced very well with great art. So yeah, even though I might not necessarily be a big fan of the story, um, I recognize the fact that, yeah, a lot of of what I was having an issue with in the first part was the inconsistency and, and uh, lack of, Proper motivation for uh, Amanda Waller, and she doesn't show up in this issue. We're, f- we're focused on so many other act- aspects of the story. I think it leads me to uh, enjoying it a lot more. So, yeah, uh, going to be interesting to see how this all how this all plays out.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I'm 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 really enjoying this, and I love the the whole. Uh, I'm just th- this feels what I like about this. It's done in a month too. We're not going to be waiting forever for it. And that's what I really like about it. And like I said, it's, I just, you know, and and even the covers, I, I like the fact that a little bit of forethought was put into the covers. So it'll be fun to collect all the issues and put them side by side. I mean, there's the, there's the cool fanboy aspect of that. And uh, even though I'm not, I'm a little disappointed maybe with some of the alternate covers that I see. The bottom line is the connecting covers are kind of cool. And we're going to be getting Flash, Teen Titans Academy crossover. That just seems like, this is such, this is the oddest kind of, if you'd have told me we had a crossover between Suicide Squad, Flash, and Teen Titans Academy, I thought you were crazy. But here we are, War for Earth 3 of all things. And this is actually, I think this is just a, a pleasant surprise. And so far these first two issues, I just I'm really curious to see how things end up. And uh and the because it's it almost oh my God. They would have to really screw this up for me not to like it already because I because I want the crime syndicate to kind of get the upper hand at the end because I want Earth three to end up being evil bastards on Earth three. That's that's the whole point of Earth three. And Amanda Waller is kind of if she's kind of a, a bastard jerk, I know you don't like her. I, Earth three is probably the best place for Amanda Waller. She, I don't know why she just doesn't move there and call it a home. I mean, I, I mean, so and her true machinations. I don't think we really know what they are yet. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. But I'm hoping because you, you alluded to something Jay said. I think was uh, I think very, uh, very astute, and that is that uh, that something's not really. I mean, why does Amanda Waller care about Earth three? I mean, because. You're right. I mean, normally she's all about, you know, government control. She likes, she's a control freak. She, she's, she, she doesn't have a particularly great relationship with metahumans. She puts, and when she does deal with them, she prefers them with bombs in their heads or being controlled with Lazarus resin. I mean, she's just, she's not someone who likes to relinquish control. And here she is going to earth three dealing with, you know, could you, could you, could you be on a planet that has more crazy superhumans than earth three? And they're all about control, so it's odd that she would go there of all places. And yet, you know, we know we know what happens in the future state. But I can't imagine her. In, remember, in future state, it's suggested at the end that she went there to 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 give Earth three its own Superman through with with Match. Or, but he wasn't Match in future state. We just knew him as Connor. And so, but that that's that's a different future now because he's we know he's Match. We know he's not Connor. And, and we know, and Talon was killed. Talon was Batman in in the future state. And there was so much that was different. Like there was things, it, it doesn't quite add up the future state issues. And so I almost, and you and I have talked about this before, how it's almost as if it's better if we forget future state ever happened, because it, it sort of, it taints our, <laughs> the flow of, of this, of the, of the present series. But in any event, I'm enjoying this and I, and I hope other people are too.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the Flash issue, which comes up next. I think it's, what, 738, uh, I think, is uh, the next issue. Uh, um, or yeah. 738.
1: I think... Uh,
0: uh, anyway, I mean, yeah, I guess, just just because it's, Jer- it's Jeremy, this is a, somewhat of a darker story. Yeah. Uh, and it's Jeremy Adams writing this, so... Uh, we've talked to, we've talked about Jeremy Adams flash run extensively and we've talked to Jeremy himself about it. And, you know, clearly that is a, uh, a series that is much more hopeful, much more bright, you know, much more light <laughs> in tone. So having this dark story crossover with that, I'm going to be really curious to see, uh, how it plays out. I'm looking for the issue. I it's I guess it's a couple weeks out. Seven eighty flash seven eighty yeah, yeah, so we'll see war for earth three part three
1: yeah well, i know i'm I'm in for the long haul i i i this is definitely another one of those things i I suspect I'll be picking up a trade at some point as well because it seems like a lot it seems like a lot of fun and because i i would love i i i miss the days of the annual. Uh, JSA jail J JSA JLA crossovers between Earth One and Earth Two. I would love to have an annual battle between Earth One and Earth Three or Earth Zero and Earth Three or just you know. I I would like if I was an editor, DC would be mandatory. We have to have the Crime Syndicate pissing somebody off every year in in a comic book. (laughs) But yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts? No man, I just um, I'm you know kudos to uh, I I was I I don't know the influence that Dennis Hopeless has had I it it feels like Robbie Thompson to me it feels like Robbie Thompson's is, I mean I've been enjoying his writing I'm not I'd be interested to hear an interview with Robbie Thompson to see what what type of collaboration him and Dennis Hopeless have had, like what, what ideas were Dennis Hopeless's, which ideas were Robbie Thompson's? Because if I didn't know better, I wouldn't know that Robbie Thompson had any uh, writer collaborating with him on this. But I can tell you that uh, in my view, Dennis Hopeless hasn't, uh, at least in my view, hasn't really taken away. I think he's, if anything, maybe he's added something fresh and new to the, the narrative. And, uh, you know, and again, because there's been there's been some naysayers of Dennis Hopeless's Marvel work, and I'm not really all that familiar with his Marvel work. I enjoyed his Spider Woman, uh, but you know, he's got some naysayers over at that, that that Marvel that kind of warned me and said, "Well, you know, you you know, it's Dennis Hopeless, so it's you know, it's probably not going to be very good." And I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm reading this and I'm really enjoying this, and I, I've you know, so far I got a shit-eating grin on my face, and I'm 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 enjoying the run so far, so. You know, look, until he he does something uh, that that annoys me, I mean, kudos to Dennis Hopeless, Robbie Thompson, and the art here is fantastic. I'm I'm enjoying it.
0: Yeah, so two issues this first week, you know, coming out on March 1st. Nothing the second week of March on the 9th or 8th, I guess it would be. And then, yeah, we've got Part 3 with Flash 780 on the 15th. And then on the 22nd, we've got the Teen Titans Academy issue which is uh, part number four and then on uh, the 29th I guess it is uh, to your, to your point about them finishing up this up in one month um, we have the uh, war for Earth three part two which uh, which finishes up the story so I think it's um, what six issues total right we've got one issue of suicide squad one issue of flash one issue of Teen Titans Academy. Oh, no, so I guess only uh, only five issues. Five. And then okay. two, yeah, two two ends, issues yeah. of, yeah, of War for Earth 3. So, yeah, we'll see how it, it plays out. Um, Yeah, very curious about that Flash issue in a couple of weeks with, with the hopefulness of that. Uh, Rafa Sandoval's, or uh, not Rafa Sandoval, he's the artist, but um, Tim Sheridan's Teen Titans Academy has, has sort of been all over the place in tone. So I don't think that this will really impact that one way or the other. So
1: yeah I, yeah well I, that that touch that closes things out for the week i i'm i'm glad that we separated this out i i am glad that we did this i know that we usually have a longer d c uh review weekly uh review but i I think this deserved its own special uh, separation uh, separation from the rest of the clan because I especially I, I really love the fact that we have part one and part two in the same week because I was so glad when I, I was when I finished reading Warfare 3 and I realized that Suicide Squad 13 is out the same week. I thought this is awesome because <laughs> so, I immediately read these are the first two comics that I read when we got the preview copies because I just, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I love it. I just, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I've I've read had to had to read part two also because I enjoyed it so much more than part one. I mean, the the biggest aspect of this that we didn't really mention, but we probably should, is uh, what are going to be the long lasting consequences of this, specifically for the Suicide Squad um, and Amanda Waller, because that that might be the long lasting legacy of this, whether it ends up being a memorable memorable event or not. Because we know that Suicide Squad, this version of Suicide Squad, this this uh, volume, is ending with issue fifteen. Uh, so, is Suicide Squad going to exist? Is Amanda Waller going to be around? Like, is it going to re? Is it going to start over with a new number one? Like we we don't know. Uh, but by the time this is all said and done, we probably will. Although, if I had to guess, uh, Suicide Squad ends. We know Teen Titans Academy ending. I wouldn't expect to see a Suicide Squad title or a Teen Titans title or a Titans title until after the Dark Crisis is over. It it sort of feels like those are ending to lead into Dark Crisis after, uh, you know, whatever the fallout is from Death of Justice League.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I I also think, and and I'm obviously just speculating, but I think I I wonder if maybe the success of the Peacemaker TV show – has would have some impact on the decision making because the suicide squad series does seem to be has have, have its own tale that it, because it initiated and started and was connected to earth three right out of the gate with future state and with dealing with multiple incarnations of more than one suicide squad i think it it may be suffered from maybe not being an entirely new reader friendly and because of the success of peace the peacemaker tv show maybe if they're there's, they're unquestionably. I think it's clear they're going to bring Suicide Squad back in some form in the next six months to a year. One could almost guarantee that. And because I can't see them, DC wants. I'm sure Warner Brothers or DC, AT and wants to capitalize on Peacemaker in the comic books. I mean, I mean, yeah, we get a lot of Batman, but I mean, I just can't see them not wanting to take more advantage of Peacemaker in in comic books. So to to cancel Suicide Squad and not bring it bring it back with with Peacemaker at the forefront. That's my prediction. And Amanda Waller, maybe she's maybe she'll be taken off the playing field and stay on Earth Three for a while. And also another wild card here, and let's not forget, is there there's an Amanda Waller on Earth Three. What about the um, Earth 3's version of Amanda Waller? What's she up to in all this? Or or does she even play a role? And maybe I'm just throwing a wrinkle in there and I should just keep my mouth shut. I don't want to confuse things, but I just there's so many different <laughs> questions all kinds of these questions that I have, but in any event fun stuff yeah
0: I the the only thing I would say about uh doing some sort of suicide squad coming back with peacemaker I almost think they would just do a comic called peacemaker to not confuse people but the other the other elephant in the room obviously is d c preparing for the discovery to take them over in terms of running the day to day operation so it's hard to say what kind of. I mean, is anything coming down from Warner Brothers passing th- or coming down from AT&T, passing through Warner Brothers going to editorial? You know, like yeah. <laughs> at times we've referred to DC as a rudderless ship. We know Murray Javins is technically the editor in chief, but God only knows what kind of stuff is going on over there in terms of. Uh, you know, hey, we we should be putting out a Peacemaker series. We shouldn't. What, you know, what should we do? Like, what kind of stewardship is is really going on there? Um, I mean, again, God only knows. And, and it could change at a moment's notice once Discovery finally takes it over. Um, I did see where it finally became public knowledge that uh, DC is uh, sort of closing their, their offices in terms of the, the current space that they've been using. They've been working remote for a long time. But I personally know some DC staffers that would try to get into the office at least once a week. Um, Well, that's all going away. Apparently the, the space is too valuable and with all the layoffs and the fact that they've been able to work remotely all this time without a big impact in productivity, I guess the powers that be that Warner Brothers is like, well, why are we giving them an office that they don't need and aren't using? So they're taking that away and they're, Uh, apparently they're going to be in an office space. that's more of a shared office space, you know? So it's just a bunch of generic desks and no, nobody is like, okay, this is Joe's desk and this is Stephanie's desk and this is Bill's desk. You just go in and sit down at a desk when you're, when you happen to be in the office once a week or twice a week or whatever it is. And you just use whatever desk is available, but not everybody is there at the same time. Um, So it's not, it's a little mercenary in execution, um, you, you,
1: you got to i got to wonder though like i i remember you know i read stories about back in the day during the you know 60s, 70s and 80s where comic com, you know comic uh, writers and artists they they would all work in the same building and and when they talked about yeah. they, didn't, they didn't need to have summits and they didn't need to have this because you were you were constantly talking to each other and, and you're in the in the room and you were communicating like that and and now it now it's really
0: like he, it wasn't really like that, though, like that 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 whole myth of the Marvel bullpen where the writer and the artists were, you know, both had. no nah. even then, they were freelancers and a lot of they worked at their at their own studios or they worked at their own homes. And, yeah, they would come into the office all the time, but it wasn't other than cross gen, uh, because that was part of, you know, the incredibly lucrative salary that Mark Alessi uh, provided was that yeah he really did want that and I think that's part of the reason that CrossGen was so successful early on but it led to its own problems. Don't but worries, yeah, yeah. I, I get I get your point. Um but it it it's a little bit of a of a myth. Um but yeah I think don't get me wrong there are some people that like to work from home. Certainly with the way gas prices are right now that's a that's a plus. But I also <laughs> know there's I, I personally know some DC uh, staffers that wanted to be back in the office and now they're apparently they're not even gonna get that chance, at least not on a permanent basis. At least not soon. I mean who knows? But again, this is this is all subject to change when Discovery takes over and Discovery can say, hey, we got all this office space for you over here. But apparently the DC offices took up like three spaces um you know in the Burbank area. And I and I I've, I've never seen the inside of the offices, but uh, anybody who follows DC on social media or some people like George Perez, for example, recently visited there. There was a bunch of pictures of him and Marv Wolfman in the lobby. Right. Jim Lee post pictures all the time. Like it's a really cool spot, and now that goes away, that that bothers me a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, I. Well, like I said, I mean, I guess a new, again, another, an, another corporate shift so soon after AT and T taking over. Now Discovery. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at some point when we already had a huge. Kerfuffle! We had we already had a bunch of layoffs, and now we're we gonna are we gonna have more layoffs, or or if we're not layoffs, are we just gonna have like replacements? Are we gonna have another creative shuffle? Uh, I mean, it's it's really I really have to wonder because I know Discovery Discovery AT and made the decision they did because Discovery might have more experience in dealing with tele might have more experience in dealing with TV and intellectual property and pu- publishing maybe presumably, I mean I I don't know. I've I like to I, I choose to be positive about it, but you know, I, I it makes me wonder what's what things are gonna look like because you know what because it's it's a little bit bothersome. Like we, you know, what what is DC gonna be publishing one year from now? I mean, you know, we we the farther the farthest ahead we've gotten on the advertising is is dark crisis. What happens post dark crisis? I mean, that's only like that's less than that's like four months away. I mean, holy moly! Uh, and we don't. Well, we you know heard the rumors.
0: Point. Have you heard the rumors about some giant DC merger?
1: I've I've is, uh, well, I, is is that fake news? I guess not. <laughs> you mean DC merging with who?
0: Well, that's the thing. Like nobody wants to say. Nobody wants to say it's just. There's been rumors that they're gonna merge. So does that mean that the the comic is division is gonna fold completely and get folded in with something else? Some other creative feel like I I I have no idea. Yeah, I, 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 I have no idea. But all I, I know is this: Warner Brothers is never gonna sell it. Like any of those stupid rumors you hear about. Marvel's going to take them over. Disney's going to buy DC. No. Warner Brothers and what parent company, even though Discovery will be calling it day-to-day shots and will have a huge influx in investment capital, AT&T still is the majority stakeholder. They will never sell DC Comics. The value of the IP is too valuable. So it happens every time these rumors start. I see people on Twitter, oh, Marvel's going to buy them. Disney's going to buy them. No. That will never, ever happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> ever.
1: And I, and I suspect to... that the Batman movie is going to be very successful because I it, yeah. reviews are awesome and I want it to make a billion dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah, Disney would have to buy AT&T, which that would never happen because AT&T owns too many things that, by law, Disney's not allowed to own because of governmental regulations. How many networks you can own, how many – broadcast stations you can own stuff like that. So that's not, that's never going to happen. So anyway, that's neither here nor there when we're talking about the war for earth three, we hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. Don't forget to go check out our other DC spotlight episode that came out today for all the other books. Uh, And yeah, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the comic source podcast on Spotify, Apple podcast, Stitcher, Google play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also, be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog@gmail.com. at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash source. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.